the journey from corporate America, right? As you're trained as like an employee and you're working for someone else and you feel like for some people who aren't meant to be in W2 roles and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like entrepreneurship is, is meant for you. There is a journey in like thinking differently, right? Mm-hmm. And changing your frame of mind. So that kind of is, is what that book is about where, you know, it discusses that transition from the corporate world and your natural way of thinking as an employee to now, okay, let me think outside of the box. Let me see, you know, how I can really obtain a growth oriented mindset. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, on this fine morning or afternoon, wherever you are. I'm Yona Weiss, in short. And today I have a wonderful guest, Nicole Gautier. I'm so pleased that you're joining me today on the podcast. So thank you for doing that. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on your podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. My pleasure. I'm uh, excited to always have kind of new faces, new perspectives. And that's really what this is all about. You know, we're, we're going to, we've all had so many different experiences in our lives that have shaped us to who we are. And especially those of us who are in the real estate game and, and making things happen like you. And I'd love to just, you know, go into it and, and hear how you got to where you are and, uh, and where you're going and how you can help others to get there. That's really the, the three foundations that this podcast is kind of built on. So without further ado, I mean, just to give a little background, you are the founder of a real estate company called Wicked Holdings. I mean, you're from like, <laughs> it reminds me of my childhood when I was living in Boston, you know, everyone said, wicked, awesome. Like everything's wicked, you know, it's wicked, awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah that's exactly where the name comes from, actually. So okay, not like, the wicked wi- not like the Wicked Witch of the West. Like, uh, <laughs> No, but you know, I get a lot of questions about it because I do live in Texas and it's like, we're in the Bible belt and people are like, Oh, wicked, like kind of thrown off by that. But yeah, from Canada and wicked means the exact same thing. Like what you said, awesome, like really cool. And that's really what I wanted, you know, my company to be all about, right. Is bringing awesome people together and doing great things. Amazing. So tell me a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get into real estate in the first place? And and when did that happen? Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually have a a background in finance, worked in the oil and gas industry. So I was uh, in corporate America for quite some time. You know, we kind of made a a move from Canada to a few different places in the States and settled here in Texas and uh, became a stay-at-home mom, right? So I was doing that for about five years and COVID came and here I am thinking, okay, what am I going to do going forward, right? Um, I did not have a great work-life balance in uh, my previous work experience. And I knew I didn't want to go back to that now that we had, you know, small kids. Mm -hmm. And so it really allowed me to spend a lot of time, you know, reflecting and figuring out what my next move was going to be. And for me, I was always looking at houses. I was always like crunching numbers because I love finance and budgeting and all that fun stuff. And uh, interior design just, I don't know, just kind of like came natural to me, I suppose. And uh, and I really wanted to help people, right? 
And so I kind of sat back and I was like, okay, if these are my four passions, like what can I do to combine all of these together? And that's how I basically stumbled upon real estate and I haven't looked back. That's amazing. So you, uh, you know, you're still, I guess in in a lot of ways, you're kind of living the dream because you're doing what you love. You still have, uh, you're still the the stay at home mom to a certain extent, right? Because you're able to choose whatever hours you do work as a real estate investor. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it works well too, because, you know, one of our kids just started kindergarten this year. And so, you know, she's not at home with me all day. And then I've got my, my other little one who just turned three. And so I, I do have him with me at home two days out of the week. So it's nice because I've got that flexibility where, you know, I can bring him with me to projects, involve him to a certain extent. I got to kind of keep him out of the out of the mix a little bit because he's a little rambunctious, but right. but yeah, no, it works. It works great for for how our family set up. That's awesome. And so jump, you know, you kind of jumped into it, right? Owning some uh, some smaller properties, but then going full force into the multifamily syndication space, right? Which is yeah. something very popular, something we've talked about a lot on uh, on our show. And we met a few weeks, a couple months ago, or a month, I don't know how long ago it was. I'm, I'm really confusing the timing here. But <laughs> recently, we met at a Jake and Gino <laughs> conference, right? And there's a lot of people in that same boat where you're like, okay, how can I learn to get involved in the syndication, in the real estate multifamily space where I can make a much bigger difference and, uh, you know, and scale much faster, right? Yeah, exactly. Is it weird that I remember that it was like October 23rd that I, I'm pretty sure that I met you, <laughs> that I remember it's, that exact day. <laughs> it's not, it's not weird at all. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause you're such like a mogul in the real estate world. So here we are and you've got like what over 700 investors there. And I see you with your beard and I'm like, there's Yona. I have to go meet him and say hello. So yeah, I'll remember that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm easy to pick out of a crowd. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are in a good way. For sure. But, uh, but tell us about how, I mean, and you're already like full swing into, uh, to my knowledge, at least one large multifamily property, right? Yeah. Yeah. So right now, you know, I've got my, my first GP on a 24 unit out in Columbia, South Carolina. And, you know, it's been great. Got some partners there that are boots on the ground and local. So, um, you know, that's been, it's been amazing to be able to partner with them and, and also learn at the same time. Right. And then I, this year, I most recently got into my own, you know, passive investment as well. Uh, so I kind of have hit a little bit of everything, like right. up from the residential side to LP to then GP. And I'm really just looking to grow on all of those sides, right? They they all present some sort of different experience. That's true. Is there any one that you kind of lean towards more than others? Uh, so I am leaning away from residential. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say that it's a lot of work for one property, right? When you could be doing the same amounts of, of work or less right. with a uh, multifamily. But I'd say that I equally enjoy both LP and GP for two different reasons. Okay. Um, I think one, I enjoy the GP side because I love real estate and I'm really passionate about it and I have a lot of fun with it. And two, with the LP side, I enjoy it, but I also think that, um, you know, mixing my active and passive is great because you only have so much time, right? Exactly. And so if I can, you know, passively invest and still reap some great gains and, and rewards and I'm not doing the work, then mm-hmm. I'm all for it, 
right? So um, right. yeah, so I like full. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that that really stood out for me as well is that I'm really full into the swing of things in terms of passive investing and as well as they're trying to get involved in the, in the GP side as well, because that's something I see the benefit of both of those things. It's been very difficult for me having a full-time job, being a full-time uh, you know, LinkedIn person also, and being <laughs> a podcaster and uh, you know, a father of six kids and you know, trying to to do oh, everything yeah. all together. So it's like, how can I also now simultaneously without quitting my job, like become a full-time, you know, real estate investor as promising as that may be, because obviously there's huge benefits to doing that. I'm like, okay, well, at least let my, some capital work for me as a passive investor as well. And I have, you know, tons of these clients. And I think, you know, even the deal you're on is that people that I know that are, you know, I could trust with my, with my harder money. And yeah. because they're they're bringing on hundreds of other investors and a lot of people and these people have a lot of experience and they're doing it with uh so that to me was like a no-brainer like okay well everyone else is doing this like let's jump on the bandwagon right <laughs> yeah yeah and that's also kind of a great benefit about being you know in that circle of real estate too is like I wouldn't say it's necessarily like inside knowledge, but it is like knowledge within the industry. And when right. you're not fully dived into it, or if you are, you know, a completely different um, professional, like uh, a doctor or an oil and gas or whatever, mm -hmm. like you just don't have this sort of knowledge. You have to network and meet the right people. Um, but once you do, it's it's amazing, like you've said. So absolutely, I mean, and the, like you said, the community in the multifamily space is something that if guys, if you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, like get involved, like check out these conferences. You have Jake and Gino, you have all these different, uh, Rod Khalif, you have the Michael Blanc and, and the Joe Fairless, the best ever conference, all these different events where there's a lot of people who are similar in the fact that most people start, had a career in something else and moved into and transitioned into real estate. The second thing I would say that a lot of people have in common is that you're pretty much you know, growth-oriented type people. I think yes. I think that, that's what bridges everything. And that's what I've seen consistently. And those people that aren't kind of stand out. And, and either that they they just drop off is like, okay, this isn't for me. These people are too <laughs> positive for me. Or, or, or it changes them. And I think that's really, you know, I think it changes a lot of us in a lot of ways because we have to, in order to get our finances together, and, and get our like kind of wealth in, in the right direction, we have to change certain habits. We have to change certain uh, mindsets. And when you're doing that and you're surrounding yourself with a lot of other people doing that as well, you end up growing a tremendous amount more. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I tell my husband this all the time too. I'm just like, oh, all these people in real estate and business and entrepreneurship, like they're all so amazing. Like it's such great, uh, like their personalities, the, the growth minded thoughts, like everyone wants to bring each other up with them and, and provide value and help. Like I've never had so many people reach out and, and ask like, how can I provide value to you? And I do the right. same, you know, and for other people, but you don't see that in, in other industries. Like at least I haven't experienced it. You're right. You, you don't see that. And unfortunately, like when you talk about that, sometimes people kind of look at you funny, like mm, business for a lot of people is like, you know, in a, in a lot of circles, even in real estate in certain circles, you know, it's a lot of cutthroat. There's a lot of people out there that are out to get each other and competitors and all this kind of thing. But when you're, you know, in the space that, that you're, we're describing here about the multifamily kind of investing syndication communities that are, exist, it's exactly what you're saying. Like there's people are just out to help each other and give it. And you can see that when you get like these podcasts, oh, yeah. I mean, ours, in, ours included, where we're just trying to share, try to add value and um, you know, trying to help each other. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Where do you think, you know, 
this is going to take you. Obviously, you had a career in oil and gas, you know, finances, and but this is a totally different space. I mean, when you started out, I assume, as a lot of people do, when we're students and we we get into a certain career, it's corporate, whatever, we kind of have a, a goal. We kind of think about, okay, where is this going to take me in a year, five years, ten years down the line? Obviously, you cut out of that, but taking that same concept, that same idea. Have you applied that yet? Into you know now that you've found real estate and found this path that you're you're basically finding a new purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I I've, I've certainly found a new purpose. And honestly, I think my biggest goal with real estate is really just to create a legacy, right? I guess it stems back to you know me wanting to be able to help others, and right. I feel like that is direct with like with the tenants, with the people that we we're able to create jobs for, with you know the people that we're able to help provide resources like financial literacy tools and different types of education that helps mm-hmm. bring them up, right? And provide opportunities for them and better living conditions. Right. Um, but then I also too want to create a legacy for, you know, my family where, you know, my kids don't have to think or they're, they're not forced into being like, oh man, like I have to go to college, even though I know I don't want it. And it's not for me. Like, that's okay. Like I wouldn't be, I guess, in, in the right frame of mind for, for myself as a parent, if I didn't encourage my kids to be like the best versions of themselves, right? So if I can build this business and, and kind of teach them along the way and create that legacy, then, then that allows them to have some freedom as well as they grow too. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I mean, a couple of things I just want to bring out from what you just mentioned is that two things. Number one, I think our society has changed a lot in general in terms of you know, people feeling whether college itself is even beneficial or necessary for a yeah. lot of things, especially for entrepreneurs, right? You don't need, I mean, not everyone is built as an entrepreneur, that's for sure. But there's so many opportunities and getting a degree is, is one of them, sure. And especially if you have in mind, oh, I want to be a, a doctor, a lawyer, something that you definitely need a degree in order to have those qualifications. But otherwise, I think for the most part, a lot of people will see it differently and they're like, okay, well, you don't need that to be successful. You don't need a degree. Right. Um, so that's one thing that I want to bring out there that I think is really important. I've seen a huge change, a huge shift to that. I'm not a big fan of college in general, <laughs> right? Like I, I graduated and had the diploma, like, you know, mailed to my parents' house. I was like, here, here you go. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. Like I didn't attend the graduation. You know? I was like, okay, I did it. I'm done. Let's move on. Right. Um, right? Let's do something more important in life. And, and I think, people get caught up in like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. Well, no, I mean, you you just need to surround yourself with the right people. And I think you as a parent, right? And anyone out there, giving that to your children, allowing them to experience something totally different with real estate investing, especially if you're a landlord, right? And uh, yeah, <laughs> and like actively like going to tenants, but even still, like even if you're just doing these huge multifamily deals, like taking them on trips with you, you know, yeah. that blew me away. Uh, Kenny Wolf, who's a, uh, was you know a friend and he came on the on the podcast a, a while ago and he was telling us that he you know his daughter this is probably one of my favorite episodes where he told a story about his 10-year-old daughter that he gave her um you know the rich dad poor dad book to read and mm-hmm. and she came back finished it and was like okay I want to buy a house um, oh my and, gosh. And, and she and she figured it out on her own bought a house you know got someone to help finance it for her and <laughs> uh and did it all on her own and I, you know he was giving her the opportunity showing her the ropes because you know you can you can do that you can take them around you can take them on a flight like to go on a property tour with you and like oh this is really cool on the flip side yeah. <laughs> on the flip side they may not like that at all right <laughs> right like, 
you know, just to, just to forewarn you that we like, uh, you know, I have, my oldest is 17 right now. and like, I'm not interested in anything that I do. So yeah, <laughs> it is, uh, you have to, you have to expose them to it. You have to give them that option, but, but realize that they'll, they'll come back to it if, if they see value in it. Yeah, no, it, that's so true. And, and it's funny because, you know, my daughter, I, I'm not sure that I see her necessarily going this route. Uh, she talks a lot about becoming a veterinarian. Well, that costs quite a bit of money to, you know, go through school and stuff for that. And I see sometimes when I bring her to properties, she's like, mommy, uh, I'm not sure that I like, is this our new house? And I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) And it's like, you know, a rehab that we're working on. That's got like no siding on it and like no floor. Like she's like, scared that that's where we're like moving or not scared, but like apprehensive. Like, are you sure? No, 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 no. This is something different. But my son, for sure, I'm going to have him once he's a little older and, you know, we can get him into some contractor gear. Uh, that might be a job for him where I'm like, hey, sorry, bud. Like time to learn a few skills, <laughs> learn a few life skills. <laughs> That's true. And you, and you pick them up quickly at, at a young age and you can really apply them. So that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. You're giving the opportunity and especially when they're young, right? Train them, uh, get them, get them involved and, and teach them. There's, there's so much more. There's so many skills involved with real estate also, right? Whether it's the numbers, you know, underwriting. And uh, you probably have a lot of experience with that, being in the finance. You yeah. had you, you trained in, in accounting at all? Funny enough, my past background, I guess, was in accounting. Um, okay. I was, but it was oil and gas accounting. So it's very different than your, than your like CPAs uh, of right. today's world, right? More so dealing with different types of uh, of wells, dealing with engineers on on costs and whether those are prohibited, um, accepted uh, leases, lease agreements, like that sort of thing. So it's a little gotcha. different. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. We're still still dealing with financials, right? And looking yeah, at spreadsheets. Yeah, all numbers. Yeah, yeah, all numbers and spreadsheets. <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> oh, so that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, do you find that's obviously uh, helped you in terms of underwriting and looking at deals, looking at financials, looking at obviously they're totally different, but I mean, there's spreadsheets are, are, are spreadsheets, right? You're looking at the the T12s and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I I would say that like my past experience dealing with accruals and looking at huge huge spreadsheets with so many numbers on them, like has helped me in my underwriting because those calculators are a beast. Mm -hmm. At least a couple of the ones that I started learning out with, with all of the different tabs and all of the, um, the areas of, for the expenses and stuff. So it can be definitely overwhelming if you're not used to running numbers or have like a background like that. It takes time, but I'd say a little bit of that fright initially looking at those spreadsheets was not there because of my past work experience. So that's been helpful. That's interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. So you kind of, I mean, you have different, uh, different skill sets. And like you said, you're doing, you're also hands-on, right? Uh, it seems yeah. like you enjoy doing the rehab, <laughs> rehab process. I've seen some videos and pictures and stuff, what you, what you've done, right? Getting, getting dirty, right? Getting in there. And the- yeah. Yeah. Some of it, some of it by choice, some of it, not so much, <laughs> But, uh, but you know what, I'm, I'm super grateful for the journey. And I feel like everything that's kind of like fallen into my lap has fallen because um, it's, it's meant to be that way, right. And so I kind of just take every experience as a learning lesson, and you know what not to do next time what I could do better. Uh, And then I'm learning some skills. I've never sanded down cabinets before or refinished them. So that's been, uh, that's been really fun as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been great. It's been a great journey for sure. I'm not afraid to get dirty. Amazing. Now, did I read in your bio, and maybe I'm just making this up, but that you're an author also, or did I just yeah. like skip that? 
No, no, no. You, <laughs> you read it right. So I, I don't have it in front of me. I just, I, I kind of go off memory. Yeah. So it's funny. So I actually, I wrote a children's book, um, but I haven't gotten it through for uh, like full illustrations and stuff yet. So I'm working on that behind the scenes. That's cool. And then, yeah. And then I also, well, I guess this is what, like a shameless plug in a sense, but wrote a book on mindset. And so that one, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get through like those final stages of, of self-publishing as well. It, it's really, I've just kind of been taking, taking my experience from this journey and, you know, really kind of put it down on paper and like, this is the mindset. This is, this is why, like, this is how you change, you know, your frame of mind and your thinking. So that's really what that book's all about. So awesome. neither has well, been released yet, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, <laughs> I had a, I had a feeling there was something there, but I'm glad we can, if it is released by the time this episode gets released, which is probably in a month or two from now. So we'll make sure to put those uh, links, send me the, send me the links if they, if they are available at that time. But can you give us a little, like a uh, little preview at least maybe something to the mindset yeah. thing? Cause I think everyone listening to this would benefit from uh, helping to better their mindset, right. To become better people. Yeah. So with the mindset book, it really just talks about how the journey from corporate America, right. As you're trained as like an employee and you're working for someone else and you feel like, for some people who aren't meant to be in W2 roles and you're, mm -hmm. you know, you feel like entrepreneurship is, is meant for you. There is a journey in like thinking differently, right. Mm -hmm. And changing your frame of mind. So that kind of is, is what that book is about where, you know, it discusses that transition from the corporate world and your natural way of thinking as an employee to now, okay, let me think outside of the box. Let me see, you know, how I can really obtain a growth oriented mindset. How do I apply? Like, what skills do I apply in order to change my frame of thinking from this to mm -hmm. now being, um, you know, in, in the real estate world, right? Where we're all thinking very differently. I'd say that, uh, what is it? What is the, um, quote about the 99 percenters and the one percenters? I think most people in real estate fall within that, that one percent. Mm -hmm. And so really it's helping the, that 99% kind of make that transition to where we all think today. Yeah. And so I think that's a huge shift for a lot of people. Um, yeah. And you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to, how to get there without someone guiding you. But I think that on this journey of, you know, personal development, I've read so many books. That's been another mm -hmm. part of the journey, right? Is, right. is uh, you know, all these different novels and stuff that you read on personal development. And there's always some amazing knowledge that um, that you can take away from every book that you read. So um, I try to share a lot of that on on LinkedIn and, and stuff yeah. too. It's important. That's great. That's awesome. Especially I know the other day you were talking about you know mindset and and you know personal development or quotes. You know something that help motivation motivate people because it's so you know all of us need that to a certain extent. Some people some people may not like that and may not like like every all the time like just getting motivated and getting people. But yeah. everyone needs that. You know what I mean? Everyone needs that to a certain extent. So whether you have someone like an accountability partner or, or a coach or someone that can actually help you individually, that's great. But if you don't, like you can look to the community, you can look to your peers and look to others like you to get that. So, you know, it's yeah. awesome that you're you're sharing that. And I know that I appreciate that. I'm sure many others do as well. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I like to share. I just try not to make it too foo-foo. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Keep it real. Keep it real. Keep it, yeah. uh, keep it on point. 
Exactly. Absolutely. So I want to transition now to what we call the final four. These are four questions I ask all my guests. The first question is going to be, what's the worst job that you ever had? Oh my gosh. Uh, definitely bagging groceries. Uh, one of my first jobs coming out of, uh, actually, no, let's see. I started babysitting when I was 11. And then when I was able to of, be of age and get my first job, I worked at a grocery store called Sobeys in Canada and I bagged groceries and it sucked. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. Bagging groceries. That's something that you can tell. Right? That's something that you want. <laughs> You're not going to, it's kind of, you know, menial, menial labor, right? You're just, obviously you can make it fun if you want to, but um, it's not for everyone. Right? right. Yeah. We tried to make it fun. Most of us would get in trouble because we were like 14, 15 years old, but yeah, you're making money, right? It's not the final days. You're just getting started. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good for you. Well, that's, uh, I'm glad you moved on to bigger and better things. Then. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> right? uh, we all had, we all had jobs. It's funny because most of the, most of the people that answer this question, myself included, are like, you know, jobs you had when you were in high school. It was just like, okay, that was the worst job ever. Right? Yeah. Cause you know, you don't know any better. You're like, oh yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll go, uh, you know, pick up boxes, you know, go, <laughs> I'll, go. I'll go, I'll go work at the bottle depot. I had some friends doing that too. And I was just like, Oh no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. But fast food and these kind of things are, are a very common question answer that people give to that question. Second question. What's a book you've read that's giving you a paradigm shift, man. Okay. So I always say rich dad, poor dad, because it completely, completely changed my perspective on everything. Um, mm -hmm. especially, you know, having a degree in finance and working as an accountant, I, my mind was blown. So yeah, that one was a huge shift. But if I went the non-cliche route, I actually have been reading The Millionaire Next Door. I have it right next to me. And that one has been really interesting because I felt like the thoughts that I always had about um, millionaires and seeing people with, you know, all these, all these different designer things and consumables, all that stuff. I'm like that, it seems like such a waste of money. Do people really like, do people really do that? And so reading that book, I was like, ah, yes, that's exactly what, what happens. Um, so my, my thoughts around what millionaires do versus like rich people or, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. socioeconomic background you have really kind of set it in stone. So I'm enjoying that one. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. We definitely had that book come up as well. Uh, it, it it's something, you know, anytime you read something that, I mean, that's why I asked the question, right? Paradigm shift is really changing your perspective on things. And yeah. it's going to hopefully, like you said, take something away from it, from everything you read and, uh, and apply it. That's really the main thing. So yeah, awesome. Exactly. Appreciate you bringing that up. Um, third question, what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? Give me anything. Okay. You know, I would actually really like to learn how to do like tile backsplash. It sounds really random. And, and I know that like, you know, when you are in the professional world of real estate, like it's your job to hire contractors and hire people out for these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But I do like to get my hands a little bit dirty. And that is one thing that I actually would really enjoy just that's, learning how to do. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can be get creative with that also. That's a lot of fun, especially if you're working on, you know, working on houses. Yeah. Well, and, and I actually have a feeling too, that like maybe some other areas like where I'm sitting right now that doesn't have backslash at my um, office. I'm like, I know it doesn't need it, but <laughs> it's like one of those things too. When you learn something, you, you try to apply it. I, I'm going to have to hold myself back. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, I mean, you, uh, 
<laughs> new things going on like hey what what's that <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so yeah but for rentals future rentals i'd love to learn it for sure that's pretty cool yeah i'm sure you can uh, go to youtube university and uh <laughs> and find some people on there there's actually some great people on bigger pockets that do um i forget what they're called this couple that does like rehabs and okay uh, and they do, they like literally show like what they're doing, like everything. It's, oh, it's incredible. Cool. Like show like the steps of like everything they're doing when you're having houses. I've never really enjoyed that aspect of it, but I've been fascinated. Yeah. I watched a few of their videos. It's pretty, pretty fascinating. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Thank you. Check for that sharing. Out. And we'll have to, before I publish this, I'll have to go and, and figure out who they are actually, what their names are. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll invite them on the podcast. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. There you go. And fourth and final question, what does success mean to you? Success means to me, honestly, I think it's not money. It's not like material possessions or anything like that. I think honestly, success is, is kind of leaving a legacy, right. And, um, and being able to like take others along for the ride with me. I've kind of said that from the beginning of my journey is like, mm-hmm. Oh, taking others along where they're, right. whether they're passive investors or people that are just like wanting to learn from, um, you know, that are local. Yeah. Success means like, improving the lives of, of others along at the same time. And I don't know, just very um, growth oriented things. There you go. Okay. No, that's, that's awesome. I mean, those are very important, very important things. And I, I love everyone's definition is a, is a little bit different, but they all kind of have a, a common team about helping others. And I, yeah. to me, that's what success means to me. That literally, if I can help other people, if I can bring other people along the journey. So I appreciate that. I'm glad we aligned on on that as well. And um, where can our listeners uh, find you or reach out to you? So probably the best place that they can find me is on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on there quite often. I'm trying to get to your status, Yona. (laughs) So you can find me at Nicole Gauthier. So that's spelled G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. You can find me on Instagram on Wicked Holdings LLC or even my website. You can get a hold of me there. And I have a free guide there now, actually, that I've kind of recently put out. Um, but basically, it kind of helps LPs on their journey in passive investing and, and what that looks like and means. Just kind of, you know, a little free guide on some education stuff. So Very cool. um, yeah, and that is at my website, which is www.wicked-holdings.com. Okay, Wicked Holdings. I'm so glad we got uh, the opportunity today. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure is mine. And thank you, uh, listeners, for listening in as well, all the way till the end. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.